Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. I, he sort of feels me out, I feel him out. And uh, we go for it. Hello and welcome along to episode 38 of the worst. I'm Guy Montgomery. I'm Tim. The Frosty Fellas, it seems, Guy, we haven't had um, any pre-microphone discussion. We just uh, started up the old Skype machine and hit record. Judging by your tone, I think you, you feel the same way I do. It feels like the Frosty Fellas really got a good licking this time. Yeah. Uh, often licked, never beaten. That was yet, the 38th million screening of Sex and the City. It might be 39. Is it definitely oh, 38? It's 38. Is it? Ah, it's all a haze. It's all a fucking mess, isn't it? It's all a goddamn mess, Monty. How do we get ourselves out of this thing? Who's who's counting? <laughs> well, you and I should be, because <laughs> counting is the only way to set ourselves free. It's true. Either way, um, I am in sort of Lake Hayes, which is technically an area in sort of uh, between Queenstown and Arrowtown in the Otago region, the South Island of New Zealand. Tim, presumably stationed as always... Little Empire HQ. I'm holding guard. I'm, Did you watch uh, the movie last the night or this morning? This morning. Okay. I'm How about listening. you? Yeah, I watched it this morning as well. I couldn't bring myself to do it last night. I just yeah, thought... Because I. I, I feel like if it's the last thing you do, it kind of tarnishes the day. Ah. And if it's the first thing you do, yes. It does get the day off to a rough start. But if you do it early enough, there's ample opportunity to win the day back. Could you not think of it in terms of if you do it so early, it's not even touching the day? Um, I guess I could, but that to me feels like I am acknowledging I'm in an abusive relationship because... 
if I do it really early, say it will, it will, you know, like I could later on in the day, I could be tired or whatever, you know, I could feel like I need to lie down. Yeah. And if I wanted my day to move on from having watched Sex in the City that morning, I would say I'd, I'd lie to myself and I'd say, oh, I'm just tired. I go, why am I so tired right now? And I'd shut out the memory of having watched it and I go, oh, I'm just knackered, I guess. Do you know mm. what I mean? Whereas to me, yeah. it's, 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 it's somehow healthier to, I don't know, to, to, to build it in. I mean, <laughs> what do you think? Do you think you can watch this movie early enough that it has no impact on the rest of your day? I think that sounds insane. Uh, no, that, no, that's not possible, um, especially at this juncture. I think probably biting it off in two, two bite-sized pieces is probably the most effective way I've found to do it, but in some ways it's the worst as well. And it also, you sort of brought it to my attention, it kind of is tantamount to cheating, um it's all it's true at some point you've just got to i guess go hey this is this is gonna it's like a cold shower but the cold shower lasts for so long and um and you've got to do it you know multiple times in a week it's taking a toll though there's no doubt about that at all happy to happy to hear it tim what were some of the coping mechanisms you developed for yourself while watching sex in the city this morning it's a broad numbness it's like a an intellectual numbness. It's um, it's almost like an accidental form of meditation in some ways. Now I think, whereby things are happening on the screen. I've described this before, where it's just you know pixelated images moving across an electrified screen with uh, certain impressions being blasted onto my eardrums, but nothing's been interpreted as sound or vision. It's it's just random nonsense and noise. So that would mean you sort of you uh, withdraw into yourself. You, that, uh, if, if you can hear that, by the way, there is a dog um, trying with his all his might to uh, bust the door open to come and hang out in here. Uh, better luck next time, Rufus. Daddy's mm. Daddy's a little busy being upset right now. <laughs> That's um, right. Dad's at but, work, Rufus. So you, but you, 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 you sort of when you describe it as next central meditation, because I know exactly what you're saying. But you know, a mm. uh, uh, single listener who is not watching along might not. Too um, busy trying to get uh, Ron Paul to to jump in the race. I think. Yeah, you're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> if um, I know my one libertarian listener. But so you you, it's sort of like, do you find peace and solitude within it, or is it like? Um, that is there's no there's no respite within the meditation it's just the the best means of making sure you don't get angry or or weird it's not intentional you're you're um sort of suggesting that it's a choice i'm making it's not it's like a very involuntary response that my body and my brain has now to uh to the opening credits it it just shuts down to try and protect itself it's oh like my. yeah i just i can't open myself up for the hurt anymore so i just sort of um i don't know even though the movie's going on i just kind of i shut off to it a bit now i have to it's, i have to there's no other way to get through it it's crazy well especially you, because i all like to a one oh pretty much i always watch it with headphones in so it's incredibly inescapable it's like right there burrowing into my brain. It's too, I, I've done that a few times just for a change of pace, and it certainly yeah. is confronting, but that's too much for me. Um, 
So did you miss me? Of course. Yeah, I did missed you? you. Hey? Did you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I, I just missed anyone being there, really. Like, I... I it's, uh, usually, it's usually me, so that means you did miss me. I did miss you. I absolutely missed you being there alongside for the watch in my side I, cart in this motorcycle destined for I missed hell. you. It's nice. My mum came in. I was watching it. I'm at my mum and dad's house, and I uh, am just staying in one of their spare rooms, and I... I watched it, and mum mum came in, and um, you know there was a time in my life and in the in the you know the 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 arc of the podcast where she'd you know be curious or incredulous or deride mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. but just not even sympathy, but just like sort of disdain, you know, not disdain, just indifference, like, almost wor- yeah, like neutral indifference, just like yeah, that's what you do. That's part of your life. How how did that make you feel? Uh worse. Yeah. Worse because you know, it's like you there's a time when the people who love you they they care about you and they fight for you and then eventually if you keep making the same mistakes, you know, that yeah. they have to look after themselves at some point and That's right. you know, it's not their responsibility. And so to see that she's crossed over into that sort of area um yeah, I, I'm not going to lie to you, Tim. It genuinely did not feel good. I mean, totally valid, and you know, yeah. it's a miracle it took this long. Mm. How I didn't about get any, your dad? I didn't get well. I didn't get word from Stephen, so I did. I did time it so I got a quick little break where I could go upstairs, fix myself a coffee and some breakfast. Nice. And um, in in doing that, uh, Dad was on. Dad was on the phone. We haven't we haven't spoken yet this morning. Uh, but <laughs> I would, I would actually, it would be a valuable input because I feel like he would, he would, you know, he would still, he would still deride us. He would at least have the goodwill and good grace to be really rude about it towards me. He really mm-hmm. likes you, so probably not towards you. But if you just imagine all the rudeness treated towards me is for both of us. Does man, and that, and that's better, is it? Your dad being. Derisive towards you is, is better than Charlotte's indifference. Um, it just gives me something to come up against. It, Do you it, call her Mummy Montgomery? Is that a name that gets thrown around at all? <laughs> Absolutely. All the time. Yeah? Yeah, yeah? big time. I also call mean? my dad Mummy Montgomery. That's confusing. You need some difference between the two so people know which one you're talking about. They look different. I, I know who, I know who I'm talking about. So yeah. I mean, I imagine yeah, to, to to a listener who doesn't have visual cues to go off, it could be very confusing. But no, I call I call all members of my family mummy, mummy Montgomery. I honestly find that question so disgusting. The only <laughs> response I could think of was accepting it. <laughs> do you call your now, uh, do you call your parents mummy? No, um, <laughs> no. I Bubby? yeah, I'm trying to think of the last Bubby time I would have What's that? Sorry, Bubby, Bubby. No, maybe I should introduce Bubby. Is Bubby it's, not um, Grandma though? Yeah, but I, it's just something that is so rank to me about. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is about. Mummy. It's not. It's, it's not alliteration. Yeah, it's about Mummy. But Bubby, you know, 
it, it, yeah, I think it is. I think it is mummy. It's mummy and daddy as an adult. Even yeah. actually in, in children, I understand, you know, it's nice, it's affectionate, but it's... um. What's it mummy, about? Mummy. Why, why do we need to sort of elongate words when daddy. kids are little like that? It's sort of... It, it, the tone of it suggests uh, an entitled ask for. Mummy, yeah. you know, it's like a... It's, you need yeah, the second like a, syllable just to get the swing on it because you can't do that with the word mum. Mum. Oh, no, you can. <laughs> mum. I think as a, I can't imagine this. I'm not a parent. But as a parent, I think it would be, oh, actually, who's to say? You know, mum is all business. Mummy is a big. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Look at us, man. We are what, um, really. Yeah, it's not going well. Can I ask this question? What would your do you even know what you would want your parents to react to you at this part of the journey? Like what would be the ideal relationship Anything. they would have? That's why I want dad to come in and say, What are you doing, boy? What are yeah. you doing, boy? When I was your age I was I don't know what he was doing. He was probably <laughs> jogging. Yeah, you you get out there. You get your shoes on every now and then. Um, nah, look. I, I there there's no set response. It's more just like it was something to play against. It was a moment of respite from the film. And so I talked about it because if I didn't talk about that to him, I was gonna talk about the movie. And while I have got some stray observations and it did stir yeah. some feelings in me, the overwhelming one, as I think it is for you, was just like uh a sense of, you know, drowning in an ocean. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. That's a drowning of like it just it's just this vast ocean of of nothingness this movie you know you just swim around from like you know what is it even are they life rafts are they bits of driftwood that you can hang (laughs) on to you can dig your nails into for a second before it slips away what i wouldn't give for a friendly pod of dolphins to swim by it's but it's less exciting than drowning it's it's like dying in a desert I think. Okay, well, if nothing else, you have opened up an interesting hypothetical here. Mm. Would you rather... Di- well, I think you've answered it. You'd rather die drowning than in the desert? Um. Oh, okay, good question, good question. I think drowning's just so traumatic, isn't it? Well, it's but, so you know, what is what scary. is trauma in the face, you know, in death? If it is certain death you're facing... Mm-hmm. It's difficult to get too bogged down and worrying about the trauma. I guess you're right, but in terms of if, if we're going to pick one, I think I think I think I'd rather be in the water for a couple of reasons. Number one, it feels like there's more hope associated with that situation. Certain like, death. Okay, like that's guaranteed. So I'm in like a big open, cold body of water. There's nothing, but I wouldn't yeah. know that, would I? I wouldn't like I could I could hold out some hope that maybe a a, a big that's true piece that's of true or a helicopter or something could go by like I don't know what's up whereas in a desert I feel like you can see for so far that you know your peril is is imminent but uh, the ocean is bigger than the desert but you can't you're thrashing around you can't see you can't get a good like picture of it all. Can't drink of what? Of of if there's anything that's there to help you. Where? 
<laughs> on the desert. In the desert, you can see for a really long way to see that nothing is going to help you survive and keep what? living. In the ocean, you are thrashing around trying to survive. And uh, number one, it's going to like expend all your energy a lot quicker, so you'll probably die a, a huge amount faster. Plus, you'll freeze to death probably. And, uh, and but also, you kind of can't get that good, you know, look out for a long way in all directions. So it's like oh, you maybe see, a helicopter. You can all you no all you see is the horizon. You just see the the sea for as far as it stretches until it meets the horizon. What if that it's choppy out? terrifying if it's choppy out then you, you see it over waves as you're desperately yeah, trying to bob your head oh yeah uh bold decision making by two featured extras well one featured extra the other i don't know that they would have had their name in the credits stanford and carrier on the phone it's new year's eve i'm there it's a scene oh no it's after that actually it's um it's during the countdown when we see Stanford and Anthony decide to to kiss, and I'm also of course there. our focus is on that kiss between those two characters because why wouldn't it be? It's what the cameras pointed at. They're the only characters in that scene who we are familiar with. But mm. as you and I well know, there's often uh, something a little bit more intriguing happening just around the corner, just there in the background. And to the left of our characters, there is a a woman who uh, is celebrating New Year's and as the clock strikes zero, she throws herself with notable and commendable vigor towards an unseen figure, tall enough, you know, that she has to look up at him. I'm assuming it's a it's a fella. And the two of them, I don't know if they decided this before the take, but go for it. Stanford and Anthony, they share, you know, a kiss which says, hey, you're here, it's New Year's, this is tradition, it's quite nice, this could lead to something more. Their Mm -hmm. kiss is loaded with unbridled passion. These two people know a lot more about the rest of their night than Stanford and Anthony know about theirs. The mystery's gone, the intrigue is gone. These guys are going to get down and dirty, they're going to fuck. That's really cool. Let's dig into that. Um, I actually weirdly don't know who you're talking about, which shocks me to my very core. So I don't have a good picture in my head of them. How old are they, do you think? uh, Early 30s? Yeah, I reckon probably probably mid-30s. Like, I mean, how old, you know, how old are Stanford and Anthony? Uh, Is it a a society party? Um, Yeah, it probably is if, if Stanford Blatch is there. Does that mean that they, uh, um, you know, it's other people of their age and of their ilk, or does it mean that they're just because it's like a public space, so it could just be populated by anyone? Yeah, true. I think you get a pretty wide spectrum, Monty, at those sorts of shindigs because you get um, artisans and captains of industry from across the spectrum of age. Okay, well, I guess maybe they're a bit younger. Uh, I reckon, yeah, probably early 30s. Um, early 30s, and, they know how to fuck. They well, know how to, to make to be, a partner feel good in bed. They've done fair, Well, yes, but you don't get to see a lot of the guy. You see, like, his hand. You see quite a nice-looking wristwatch, a shirt cuff, and a, and a jacket. Mm-hmm. And with her, you see her. She's, like, really putting herself out there. She's, you know, she's holding, like, a, a half-full glass of 
from memory, either wine or punch. It's in a wine glass, and she's sort of sloshing it around like she's she's had a few. Mm-hmm. Um, so there there is you know there is there is an excitement to to their kiss and to Tremendous. the you know like. They probably both knew it was going to happen, but have been hanging out for New Year's, so as not to yeah. you know go out on too too far of a social limb. But it's almost the excitement and reverie suggests to me that um, they might be too drunk to truly enjoy. I mean, and for all we know, this isn't their first time. Maybe they're a couple, but no, they don't. They don't give off the feeling of a couple. It feels like a a New Year's union. Honestly, yeah, I. Well, knowing that Stanford and Anthony get married, but even to remember it now, this scene, while there is much more uh, passion in the kiss between this woman and her unseen partner, I would, if I was a, a betting man, I would lay odds on Stanford and Anthony for having a, a better night that night, and probably you know having better odds for the relationship to to last. You think Stanford and, and Anthony do? Or is that yeah, they're, they're, they're just the way they're going about it. They're a bit more. There's a bit more maturity. Sure. Neither of them appear to be quite as inebriated, which means they're probably you know they have more autonomy over their decision making. They're more in control of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Not not to um, not to not to like you know to go against you know reveling in the in the you know in the occasion of New Year's Eve or or any party that you might go to. But I just think you know, and the, slow and steady and the tr- wins the race. The trajectory of uh, oh, not always, in the trajectory of their relationship, Stanford and Anthony, to, to, like we see them kiss, which is quite a big deal because they kind of hate each other. I think maybe in the show. Wait, do you something. know? Do you know? I mean, we don't know that. The only reason you and I think that, or even you know, know that, is because at the start of Sex in the City two, the movie, the movie, yeah. they are. Uh, and honestly, this information to me feels embroiled in the the red herring that Samantha Jones was going to get married because you know how in Sex and the City two they yeah. they did like stage shoots with her in a wedding dress to throw everyone off the scent. Mm. So they keep playing that up when they're choosing when they're wherever burged off Goodman. I can't remember what they're there for, but they go you know hell just for they say hell just froze over the idea of them getting married. Mm. But that's about as much information we have that they don't like each other. Because if that's true, then we have a TV show where they hate each other. We have that brief kiss, and then the next thing we know, they're getting married in the largest wedding New York City's ever seen. Well, this is—I mean, I've spoken about this. You know, they there is a there's, there's more than just this. Kiss. Of course, like you've a- spoken about this, Monty. We've seen this film approaching forty times. Yeah, there's a moment where they sort of appear to share a connection or chemistry at that that uh, sort of Denny's-style diner at the end of the film when they're both but celebrating that's, that. That's it. We get a kiss at midnight, a fleeting kiss, a look during the ending, the ending credit sequence, basically, and then they're getting married. Yeah. Right? That's it. That's all we have. Those are the breadcrumbs that lead to a huge wedding. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic, I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. Um, hey, that's really hey. cool, man. I'm glad you found a couple who are going to copulate, probably, um, to usher in the new year. A special thing yeah. in New York City where it gets cold at that time of the year. I do what I can. Warm. Uh, actually, my shining light guy, thanks for asking, is another couple, funnily enough. One that I haven't paid a lot of attention to before, but um, this scene I, I sort of zoned in on a bit more than usual. It is Samantha Jones in an aeroplane finishing her dessert, going back to Los Angeles, uh, presumably with it in her head that she knows she's got to now break up with Smith Jarrett after having a chat to her gal pals. And in that first-class cabin, uh, the first thing I noticed is Samantha has bought a seat for her bag and her pup, which is just... I wanted to talk about money for a moment because <laughs> this woman was going to pay $50,000 for a ghastly ring. And it just blows my mind. Carrie Bradshaw... I was trying to think of all the things in this movie that have a, a named price. We know that Carrie Bradshaw bought shoes that were $525 and then forgot about them, left them in the closet. We know that she also brought a cushion, one single cushion on a sofa, that cost $300. And we mm -hmm. know that Samantha Jones was in the bidding for a rather hideous ring, which appears to be made with cubic zirconia as the featured gemstone, you suckers, you ladies. 
and uh, got in a bidding war against her partner, uh, was going to pay $50,000 for it, and he ended up paying that amount. It's um, it's it's just a she world... Paid, he paid sixty. Did did he? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, fifty fucking thousand was her limit, and yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Is it not? Is it fifty five or is it sixty? It doesn't matter. Uh, Fuck me, it doesn't matter. But I'm just curious. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so what? What's your? What's your? your oh yeah, my you, shining light. So anyway, well, no, there's you, a ca- <laughs> what? There's well, no you point. Get, I was just saying that we'll everything's back- crazy. Oh, okay, man, you're it's upset. just such it's just such huge huge amounts of money for such weird shit. Five hundred dollars shoes, a three hundred dollar cushion, a ring that costs maybe fifty five, maybe sixty thousand dollars. But uh, you know, anyway, the, 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 it's that is just you know, I know it's insane, it's absurd, it's but it's, it, that is that is you and I. You know, you just add an extra three zeros onto everything, but that's you know. You or I looking at some knickknack in a novelty store and going, yeah, I'll spend thirty dollars on that. That's what mm. thirty thousand dollars is to them. Mm. I guess so. The shining light is the couple that sat behind Samantha Jones on that flight. They're cool. They're, um, I think, probably together romantically, but it's a little bit ambiguous. It could be a work trip. Maybe it's the start of something. It could actually be either a similar or the exact same couple from the New Year's party. You know? I, don't, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm actually, Tim, to be honest, I'm skimming through this file so I can <laughs> oh, good see on who you. they are. Good stuff. So this is, of course, the magic scene where, and I've, I've talked about it before, the flight attendant who takes the pudding off of Samantha when she's furiously trying to get it down her gob to get every last calorie in. Um, who is so funny that flight well, attendants just puts a great performance in every. I don't know if you've got a different screen, but I, I don't even get to see a couple. I just see a, a woman in a window seat. There's a guy. Are you kidding me, man? What fuckery is this? Now I've got to figure out how to watch the movie while I've got you on my phone. No, it's okay. There's, I can describe it to you. There's two guys who are sitting in the row in front of Samantha Jones talking to each other. They look oh like they god, I- they could be in business or they could be involved. And then there's one woman in a window seat who's sorting out her hand luggage because the plane's landing, I guess. And that's all you get. There's no couple what? to speak wait, of. Wait, sorting out her luggage? Hold No, before... Wait a minute, wait a minute. What scene are you in? The one where she gets her dessert taken off her. Exactly. There's a man and a woman behind Samantha. Oh, do you know what? Yeah, 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 you're right. Thank I God. Enough back. Jesus Christ. That scared the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah. Now that I see how much of them <laughs> oh, you see. Oh, dude. I understand Oof. that. Absolutely. Woof. Oh, Man. do you know what? This is, a nice fi- this is a really nice find because the shot really goes past them and they both have a lot of decisions to make as performers. She's not doing a hand like it. She's putting away her headphones. And he mm. sort of looks... He looks... I think he looks well rested. He's just handing over a mug like he's had a cup of coffee, but I also reckon he's probably had a few vinos. What a champ. Is that how you look well rested? Just slam a vino or two? Uh well he's got he's just in a big comfy seat on an airplane. He's being very well taken care of by the first class cabin staff. He's got a big puffy pillow on his right shoulder. What's your take on their relationship guy? Do you think they are honestly, business honestly, or leisure? 
they could even be strangers. And I'm watching the tape over and over here mm. because his body language, like they've got different body language. I reckon he's probably skeezy businessman looking, you know, maybe flying uh, away from his family to go on a business trip and looking for, you know, uh, a dalliance, a romantic dalliance. He's not to, you know, make all businessmen skeevy creeps, but That's he's so laid back. She's got legs crossed. Her body language is pointing away from him as she puts away the headphones. I would love to talk to these two to know what they thought their relationship was. Or it's not even thought for them, I guess. They know. <laughs> oh, no. Do you know? Because if you keep going and you don't see him in frame anymore, oh, my God, the mystery deepens. She looks at him. <laughs> she looks at him as though to say, oh, yeah. But like, it's not even necessarily the look of a couple. It's it's her looking like, nah, they're not together. They're not together. He said something <laughs> creepy. This guy's bad news, and we need to get him off the flight. Oh yeah. really? Oh, what's yeah, he done? He's, he, I don't know, but it's it's you know the plane's landing, so thank thank the Lord it's over soon. Chuck him in, biff him in coach. You know, yeah, put him get in coach. Put him put him in plane prison, coach. <laughs> This is what happens to you if you're in first class and you start upsetting people in there. They chuck you in with the great unwashed. What in a with, punishment. And with Tim They don't even put you in premium economy. They just kick you straight down to the bottom of the barrel. They put Have you, you ever the... sat next to someone on a plane in cabin where either they've like, they've, um, fuck this shits me, reclined back, someone who's sitting in front of you, or someone who's just to the side of you who chews completely with their mouth open? Those are employees of the airline. And if you're in that seat, you have either unwittingly been put in plain prison or you've accidentally put yourself in plain prison. But those seats are supposed to be reserved for naughty first-class customers. I love that theory. You mean to tell me planes are so... This is like... Fuck. That really makes me cross. And it's totally believable. Mm, It's true. It's true. What a job. Yeah. Would would you do that for the right amount? Yeah, absolutely. I, I put it in the same basket as people who do like science experiments, themselves, or no, science experiment, medical experiments for money. It would kind of be like that. It's like pretty lowbrow sort of effort. It, not a lot of effort. Um, you just sort of sit there and be annoying and you get paid for that. Not bad. That's the sort of job that I used to find desirable as, you know, like a teenager, late teen, early 20s sort of young guy even. You know, the idea of a work where I didn't have to extend myself in any way mentally or physically was uh, the dream. But then in like doing promo and various different jobs, which kind of fulfilled that brief, uh, I learned it's not, it's actually not the dream because you just have too much time to think. And often what you're thinking about is why am I doing this? Yeah. It's the George Costanza problem where the amount of trouble it takes to make it feel like you're not working, if you just applied that to working, <laughs> you'd probably be happier. It's so I'd like true. to stay in that, that particular time of the movie, Tim. You described, uh, so it's, it's Samantha's not actually flying back to LA to break up with Smith. She's flying back to New York having just broken up with Smith. Oh, sorry. Oh, I wanted really? To, yeah, and I, I want oh. to know how you feel about this. So I was shocked to discover today that after Steve and Miranda get together, which is a moment I'm on the record as enjoying, and I didn't mind it today either, there is still 30 minutes of movie to go. And I don't know if it's I because know. I associate with that storyline the most, and I feel like that's the natural conclusion of the film. 
But that just seemed so disrespectful to me. So th- they resolved that, and there was 30 minutes going. I thought, that's all right. And then, you know, there are these benchmarks you hit on the home stretch. So you've got, you know, by this point, in my mind, I'm like, I've got to wait for Miranda and Steve to get back together. I've got to wait for Samantha to figure out she needs to break up with Smith and actually go through with breaking up with Smith. I need Charlotte and Harry to have a baby. And I need Carrie to go back. Yeah. But this, you know, like this all feels like the home stretch. But it is a lot of action to get through still. And I need Carrie to go back to her apartment, be reunited with Big. Him propose, they get married at the city hall, and then them to have a meal, and then you're done. And 30 minutes after the first false ending, Return of the King, Miranda and Steve reunited, and then by the time that Samantha's dumped Smith and returned to New York, I'm thinking, okay, well, surely we're down to 20 minutes. Mm. It's only 25 minutes. You I, know, I get still it. 25 I get it when- Louise leaves, and I think it's like a good forty-five minutes left at that point. This this movie is like it's like a the, you know, there's just all this stuff left in the tank. It's like in a car when you look at the petrol tank and you think, oh no, it looks like I'm out of petrol. I better get this to the station. But it just keep you can just keep it just keeps going. It just keeps. (laughs) But in the worst, in a worse way, it's it's like the gauge is showing it full or something but it stops working i don't know yeah it's, it's in like the, the inverse. inverse i know what, yeah i know what you mean but oh this just... guy what are we gonna do with us eh well i will say this i admire samantha's confidence with what in general well, yeah in general there's one moment that made me think of it but um to be honest that stems from admiring her general confidence so when she's on the phone to Carrie, you were right to keep talking. I wasn't going to ask you a question. I just don't want to talk about the movie, eh? Oh, dude, it's okay. I got great instincts. Yeah. Um, she's on the phone to Carrie. It's Valentine's Day. She is making sushi for Smith and talking to Carrie, and Carrie's talking to her, and she's on speakerphone, which is still available on on mobiles. But you know, speakerphone—the advent of speakerphone on the home phone console—was a pretty exciting time. Huge. Um, but it means that her hands are free to continue making sushi. And I just admire, you know, like I, as someone who's not a super confident cook, I'm good. There's a few dishes I can cook really well. But like if I'm learning a new dish, all mm. of my energy and concentration has to go into that. And we know that Samantha and Smith yeah. did a, a sushi making course once. That would not embolden me to think I know how to make sushi. Certainly not confidently enough that I could do it without even really paying attention. Like I could do it as second nature, that I have the muscle memory in me to roll up a delicious maki roll. Like she's on the phone to Carrie while making the sushi and she's like, all of her attention is going into the conversation. All of her secondary attention is going to the sushi. And yes, the roll that she's making turns out to be disastrous. But I, I admire say, anyone. We see the result has, of the split focus. I, I admire anyone who has the self-confidence to just, you know, like, you actually have it. You're like, yeah, I can do that. I I always, I'm always like, no, no, you know, or I, 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 if I'm, if I'm preparing a meal, like I can't let anyone, I can't talk to anyone. I can't let anyone know I'm preparing it. It's like I'm hiding a dirty little fucking secret, you know, until, really? it, until it's, yeah, until it comes out successfully, I feel like I have to hide it, the information from everyone, because then that creates more pressure. It makes me more nervous. 
I mean, that's um, that's cute. <laughs> that's no, what that I, is. I was looking for the I'd word. It's adorable. I'd love to be a Samantha in that situation. You're a bit of a foodie, though. I feel like you're quite ambitious with the meals you're trying to make, and so is she. That that role does turn out bad, but making sushi seems hard. Looks hard to me. Yeah, it looks hard to me too. Fucking Tim, hard. Mm. neither of us have anything to say. No, We're not that, I mean, ourselves. Absolutely, you're dead right. You're dead what do you reckon? Right, we get out of here. Yeah, should we just end it? I guess Man. this episode is just proof that we watched it. Some of them are comedy. Some of them are reviews. Some of them is just proof and evidence on the record that we watched. I'm going to be by your side for the next one, and we're going to do something to really fucking shake things up, man. I, I tell you what. I tell you what. Um, uh, what the fuck did we just watch in Patreon? Oh, Bucky Larson. Bucky Larson. Okay. So here's... <laughs> Here's the thing, folks. You, uh, unless you're listening to this on Patreon, because p- people on Patreon who support us to the tune of $5 a month or more get these uh, episodes ad-free and a day earlier than everyone else. And if you're doing that, thank you so much. If you're not, consider supporting us on there. Because, uh, again, if you're a $5 or plus um, Patreon pal, you get access to our Patreon watches. And we just watched Bucky Larson, which was a fucking romp. Um, really interesting. <laughs> Interesting movie, very interesting chat off the back of that. Um, Guy and I sort of laying eyes into ourselves and the entertainment industry. Um, And if you give 10 bucks a month or more on the Patreon powers, you get to be part of the Deciders Club and actually figure out what movie we're going to watch next. It's jolly good fun over there. This is is more like the... This is the desert where we're dying slow, painful death and no one's coming to help us. The Patreon is... um, a traumatic ocean where there's a bit of excitement, there's the odd shark, um, there's a bit more to look at, a bit more to do. Either way, we're, we're both dying, but um, yeah. Bad That's analogy? Great. I don't, I don't mind it, mate. Do you have anything you want to promote? I think I just did. Yeah, I actually am not going to promote any of my live shows on the back of this podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Like that would be um, counterintuitive. If you want to see anything, though, go to littleempiepodcast.com slash live. No. It's just a good umbrella one. You know? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Fair okay, enough. guy, what... A, okay, hey, here's what we're going to do to end the episode, guy. We're going to say... Uh, I, I'm going to say three nice things about you, and you can do whatever you want. You don't have to say... You can just end it if you want. I'm going to say, Guy Montgomery, my friend... Uh, is a good cook. I've had your cooking. It's delicious. Um, and I'm sorry it stresses you out, but it, it gets great results. Uh, number two, Guy Montgomery is a great friend. He uh, he looks out for his mates, really cares about people he does. And, um, and, and number three, Guy Montgomery is uh, really, really adorable with young children. Very cute. Uh, hey, someone get this guy a baby. I will say this for you, Tim. Tim mixes, edits, and uploads all of the podcasts. We just have a good rhythm together, you know. I, he sort of feels me out, I feel him out, and uh, we go for it.